section thirteen part one chapter three of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter three the desnoyers family the madariagan succession as it was called in the language of the legal men interested in prolonging it in order to augment their fees was divided into two groups separated by the ocean the desnoyers moved to buenos aires the hartrots moved to berlin as soon as karl could sell all the legacy to reinvest it in lands and industrial enterprises in his own country desnoyers no longer cared to live in the country for twenty years now he had been the head of an enormous agricultural and stock-raising business overseeing hundreds of men in the various ranches the parceling out of the old man's fortune among elena and the other legatees had considerably constricted the radius of his authority and it angered him to see established on the neighboring lands so many foreigners almost all germans who had bought of karl furthermore he was getting old his wife's inheritance amounted to about twenty millions of dollars and perhaps his brother-in-law was showing the better judgment in returning to europe so he leased some of the plantations handed over the superintendence of others to those mentioned in the will who considered themselves left-handed members of the family of which desnoyers as the patron received their submissive allegiance and moved to buenos aires by this move he was able to keep an eye on his son who continued living a dissipated life without making any headway in his engineering studies then too chichi was now almost a woman her robust development making her look older than she was and it was not expedient to keep her on the estate to become a rustic senorita like her mother dona luisa had also tired of ranch life the social triumphs of her sister making her a little restless she was incapable of feeling jealous but material ambitions made her anxious that her children should not bring up the rear of the procession in which the other grandchildren were cutting such a dashing figure during the year most wonderful reports from germany were finding their way to the desnoyers home in the capital the aunt from berlin as the children called her kept sending long letters filled with accounts of dances dinners hunting parties and titles many high-sounding and military titles our brother the colonel our cousin the baron our uncle the intimate counsellor our great-uncle the truly intimate all the extravagances of the german social ladder which incessantly manufactures new titles in order to satisfy the thirst for honors of a people divided into castes were enumerated with delight by the old romantica she even mentioned her husband's secretary a nobody who through working in the public offices had acquired the title of rechnungarath counsellor of calculations she also referred with much pride to the retired oberpetel which she had in her house explaining that it meant superior porter the news about her children was no less glorious the oldest was the wise one of the family he was devoted to philology and the historical sciences but his sight was growing weaker all the time because of his omnivorous reading soon he would be a doctor and before he was thirty a herr professor the mother lamented that he had not military aspirations considering that his 
tastes had somewhat distorted the lofty destinies of the family professorships science and literature were more properly the perquisites of the jews unable because of their race to obtain preferment in the army but she was trying to console herself by keeping in mind that a celebrated professor could in time acquire a social rank almost equal to that of a colonel her other four sons would become officers their father was preparing the ground so that they might enter the guard or some aristocratic regiment without any of the members being able to vote against their admission the two daughters would surely marry when they had reached a suitable age with officers of the hussars whose names bore the magic fon of petty nobility haughty and charming gentlemen about whom the daughter of missia petrona waxed most enthusiastic the establishment of the hartrotts was in keeping with these new relationships in the home in berlin the servants wore knee-breeches and white wigs on the nights of great banquets karl had bought an old castle with pointed towers ghosts in the cellars and various legends of assassinations assaults and abductions which enlivened its history in an interesting way an architect decorated with many foreign orders and bearing the title of counsellor of construction was engaged to modernize the medieval edifice without sacrificing its terrifying aspect the romantica described in anticipation the receptions in the gloomy salon the light diffused by electricity simulating torches the crackling of the emblazoned hearth with its imitation logs bristling with flames of gas all the splendor of modern luxury combined with the souvenirs of an epoch of omnipotent nobility the best according to her in history and the hunting parties the future hunting parties in an annex of sandy and loose soil with pine woods in no way comparable to the rich ground of their native ranch but which had the honor of being trodden centuries ago by the princes of brandenburg founders of the reigning house of prussia and all this advancement in a single year they had of course to compete with other oversea families who had amassed enormous fortunes in the united states brazil or the pacific coast but these were germans without lineage coarse plebeians who were struggling in vain to force themselves into the great world by making donations to the imperial works with all their millions the very most that they could ever hope to attain would be to marry their daughters with ordinary soldiers whilst karl the relatives of karl and the romantica let her pen run on glorifying a family in whose bosom she fancied she had been born from time to time were enclosed with elena's effusions brief crisp notes directed to desnoyers the brother-in-law continued giving an account of his operations the same as when living on the ranch under his protection but with this deference was now mixed a badly concealed pride an evident desire to retaliate for his times of voluntary humiliation everything that he was doing was grand and glorious he had invested his millions in the industrial enterprises of modern germany he was stockholder of munition factories as big as towns and of navigation companies launching a ship every half year the emperor was interesting himself in these works looking benevolently on all those who wished to aid him besides this 
carl was buying land at first sight it seemed foolish to have sold the fertile fields of their inheritance in order to acquire sandy prussian wastes that yielded only to much artificial fertilizing but by becoming a landowner he now belonged to the agrarian party the aristocratic and conservative group par excellence and thus he was living in two different but equally distinguished worlds that of the great industrial friends of the emperor and that of the junkers knights of the countryside guardians of the old traditions and the supply source of the officials of the king of prussia on hearing of these social strides desnoyers could not but think of the pecuniary sacrifices which they must represent he knew karl's past for on the ranch under an impulse of gratitude the german had one day revealed to the frenchman the cause of his coming to america he was a former officer in the german army but the desire of living ostentatiously without other resources than his salary had dragged him into committing such reprehensible acts as abstracting funds belonging to the regiment incurring debts of honor and paying for them with forged signatures these crimes had not been officially prosecuted through consideration of his father's memory but the members of his division had submitted him to a tribunal of honor his brothers and friends had advised him to shoot himself as the only remedy but he loved life and had fled to south america where in spite of humiliations he had finally triumphed wealth effaces the spots of the past even more rapidly than time the news of his fortune on the other side of the ocean made his family give him a warm reception on his first voyage home introducing him again into their world nobody could remember shameful stories about a few hundred marks concerning a man who was talking about his father-in-law's lands more extensive than many german principalities now upon installing himself definitely in his country all was forgotten but oh the contributions levied upon his vanity desnoyers shrewdly guessed at the thousands of marks poured with both hands into the charitable works of the empress into the imperialistic propagandas into the societies of veterans into the clubs of aggression and expansion organized by german ambition the frugal frenchman thrifty in his expenditures and free from social ambitions smiled at the grandeurs of his brother-in-law he considered karl an excellent companion although of a childish pride he recalled with satisfaction the years that they had passed together in the country he could not forget the german who was always hovering around him affectionate and submissive as a younger brother when his family commented with a somewhat envious vivacity upon the glories of their berlin relatives desnoyers would say smilingly leave them in peace they are paying very dear for their whistle but the enthusiasm which the letters from germany breathed finally created an atmosphere of disquietude and rebellion chichi led the attack why were they not going to europe like the other folks all their friends had been there even the italian and spanish shopkeepers were making the voyage while she the daughter of a frenchman had never seen paris oh paris the doctors in attendance on melancholy ladies were announcing the existence of a new and terrible disease 
the mania for paris dona luisa supported her daughter why had she not gone to live in europe like her sister since she was the richer of the two even julio gravely declared that in the old world he could study to better advantage america is not the land of the learned infected by the general unrest the father finally began to wonder why the idea of going to europe had not occurred to him long before thirty-four years without going to that country which was not his it was high time to start he was living too near to his business in vain the retired ranchman had tried to keep himself indifferent to the money market everybody was coining money around him in the club in the theatre wherever he went the people were talking about purchases of lands of sales of stock of quick negotiations with triple profit of portentous balances the amount of money that he was keeping idle in the banks was beginning to weigh upon him he finally ended by involving himself in some speculation like a gambler who cannot see the roulette wheel without putting his hand in his pocket his family was right to paris for in the desnoyers mind to go to europe meant of course to go to paris let the aunt from berlin keep on chanting the glories of her husband's country it's sheer nonsense exclaimed julio who had made grave geographical and ethnic comparisons in his nightly forays there is no place but paris chichi saluted with an ironical smile the slightest doubt of it perhaps they make as elegant fashions in germany as in paris bah dona luisa took up her children's cry paris never had it even occurred to her to go to a lutheran land to be protected by her sister let it be paris then said the frenchman as though he were speaking of an unknown city End of section thirteen Recording by Tony Oliva, Albuquerque, New Mexico.